Hey, Erica? Hey, Nicholas. So, what did we talk about today? We talked about the future of videos. That's right. We also talked about the current Twitter events. Yeah, and don't forget augmented and virtual realities. All that and more on another exciting episode of the Refreshing Edge podcast. Welcome to the Refreshing Edge podcast, hosted by Megan and Nicholas DeSalvo, about what businesses go through when branding, developing creative, and marketing their business in an ever-changing digital climate. It's also about leadership, company culture, building community, working with your spouse, and whatever we feel is important to share with you today. You might know Megan as an amazing wife, incredible mother, thespian, entrepreneur, co-owner, and creator of opportunities at Edge One Media, and volunteer for every nonprofit organization that exists in Portland and maybe beyond. You might know Nicholas for his love of coffee, tennis, watches, video games, and all things Portland. Hey, Erica. Hi, Nicholas. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am living the dream. Thank you very much for asking. I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Me too. This is my first time on a podcast ever. Well, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. So uh, maybe for the benefit of our listeners, you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Certainly. Um, I work with you, or for you, rather. Right the hell out of town. <laughs> I know. That's crazy, right? I don't know how you managed to find me otherwise. <laughs> Off the street, maybe. Um, but yeah, I'm your social media strategist, essentially. Um, I work on social media copy, scheduling, engagement, all of that for Edge One and all of our clients. Well, that's an exciting thing. Do you, um, do you like it here? You know, can't complain for now. Um, we'll see about in a week or so yeah. or more. <laughs> well, um, so maybe tell me a little bit about how, what uh, an average day looks like for you. Yeah, for sure. So essentially, we you know vary a bit in terms of how many social media clients we have at a time. But for now, I think we have about 12 to 13 of them. So you know, in a month and 30 days or so, I spend about half of those days scheduling because it takes, you know, about half a day to schedule for some of them. And I devote a good amount of it um, just to them in that one day. Um, otherwise, you know, once a week I do engagement, which essentially involves me going on the Instagram profiles for all of these accounts. Um, and yeah, just reaching out to similar industries, uh, similar businesses, just commenting emojis or maybe little positive blurbs. Um, you know the deal. Yeah. So why, um, why do you go out there and engage? What is that? Why do you go out there and engage on behalf of our clients? Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, the simple answer is to make others aware of us in general. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's no way that we can have other businesses aware of us or, you know, wanting to connect with us if they aren't even aware that we exist. So a lot of that has to do with either me following those accounts or yeah, just generally commenting. I don't tend to DM because DMs can sometimes be not received very well. Um, you know, scammers out there and everything. It's true. Yes. Yeah. So I try to be, you know, like a normal person, um, say things that r robots wouldn't say. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> be an actual person on the internet. Yes. That people love that. Crazy. That's that crazy. crazy. Um, so uh, I just. Just to set the stage here, I asked you to prepare a few bullet points for us to chat about um, on this episode, and you gave me a novel. I did. I uh, love writing. A whole textbook. <laughs> I think I should pivot towards being a professor now. Perhaps. Yeah. Well, um, so I just wanted to go over a few of these things. There's 
three points, and then there are subpoints, and there is supporting data and documents. This is like a research. This is a podcaster's dream yes. right now. I have all of the information in front of me. It's sort of an academic expository essay uh, type of vibe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I guess what we kind of want to talk about today is social media, since that is your job. Yes. And um, since we're nearing the end of 2022, maybe a look ahead to 2023 and what the trends and um, things might be for the new year and how you might plan to engage on the internet as a business in 2023. So one of the things uh, that people should really focus in on in 2023 is video. Is that right? It is. Um, video more than anything has really, you know, sort of paved the way for what the future of Instagram is going to look like, you know, for better or for worse. You know, there are a lot of different users, including the Kardashians in the beginning that pushed back on the video format, mm -hmm. but looks like Instagram is going to move forward with it anyway. So that's going to really change that platform a lot. Well, I think, you, you know, uh, one of the things you mentioned here is the huge rise in popularity of TikTok. And you know, the TikTokification of social media in general has made video a really important player in how you approach marketing your business in the current climate. And I think that, you know, on TikTok, you have the opportunity to post a video and get a million views where that doesn't exist as an opportunity in a lot of other places. And Instagram is trying to capitalize on that so much so that it's difficult to get traction from anything else yeah or near impossible uh, mm -hmm. sometimes <laughs> near impossible you would know yes um you know not to to be dramatic but sometimes near impossible uh and a lot of this actually has to do with the difference between static and dynamic content so if you guys aren't aware static content uh to simplify it is essentially you know sort of like the still photographic content so it's not moving necessarily there is a caption as with reels but you know it's just photos whether it's a carousel or you know a single photo um, while dynamic content, on the other hand, you know, is primarily videos or content that they consider to be more engagement heavy or ready. Um, so, yeah, that's supposed to gather more engagement for for whatever reason, uh, maybe just because, like you said, with TikTok, uh, you know, rising in popularity, maybe people want to see more of that moving content or they, you know, find that it's more personal when they're able to see that person's face and they're speaking to them directly. Um, but yeah, it's a very sharp pivot, I would say, just because, again, Instagram was formally created as essentially a platform for you to put your, your photos up, a little caption, have mm -hmm. people aware of what's going on, but not in the Facebook way of you have the option of either a, you know, a, a status just with text or now a photo. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so with that being said, Meta also has been making a lot of changes with that, but we'll, we'll discuss that in a bit. Yeah, Sure. Well, Instagram, I remember when it was first released, and <clears throat> I had an Android phone at the time, so I couldn't use it. Uh, but it was such a cool thing to have, you know, an Instagram account and post your pictures. And really, that's not the way people engage as much anymore. Yes. Um, and the attention, you know, the attention that Instagram is trying to get is video attention because it's, I, I think as a user of video platforms, you could probably tell that if you get on TikTok, an hour could melt away pretty easily. Absolutely. It's a little shocking, actually. Mm -hmm. A little scary. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so it's easy to get attention from short-form video content. So if there was any right. thesis to this podcast 
for your business in 2023, it is to embrace short form video content. Yes. Um, but yeah, what's interesting about Instagram as well is that maybe this isn't my personal opinion, but with the opinion of lots of other users, I've noticed that they're sort of, you know, threatening to leave the platform, if nothing else, because of the way they've changed the algorithm. Nobody's going to leave the platform. We'll, 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 we'll see. <laughs> we will see, leaving. Nicholas. But uh, People have been threatening to quit Facebook for its entire existence, and somehow it still has a billion users. So The grandmothers and grandfathers of the world are keeping it up. Mm. <laughs> I think more people use Facebook um, regularly than we sort of think. Yes. It's just as a young person, I get to say that. Yeah. It's allowed. You little whippersnapper. <laughs> get off Back my lawn. Back in my day, we had MySpace. <laughs> we liked it. Speaking of which, apparently Instagram is going to incorporate sort of that profile song that MySpace oh, used to have. You can add a yeah. song to your bio, um, which is very fun. A throwback. Uh, I mean, that was cool because I had a band in the MySpace days. Um, it was called Kitchen Sink. And we I love had, that. we, you know, when you first visited the profile, one of our songs would play. And it was great. Um, and, you know, for our seven followers... <laughs> it was a real boon. <laughs> anyway, it was good memories, but, you know, we were I wish I was there for that. <sighs> you should have been. I know. Well. What else should we say about video? Well, before you interrupted me. I'm so sorry. Yes, it's fine. I, I'm okay with it. Um, <laughs> I was going to talk about, you know, I was going to mention since you had talked about TikTok and, you know, the ease of which you can, you know, an hour can pass by. You're mm -hmm. just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Um, and the reason why I mentioned that people are you know seeming to be a little bit upset with the change in Instagram's algorithm is that um, you know if you're a regular user you've probably noticed that there's now the way the algorithm or your feed works is that you scroll through pictures right of mm -hmm. your followers and then eventually you hit a wall so to speak it says click this button to view the older posts and yeah. then after that point it's all posts of you know suggested accounts or mm -hmm. all of that you know suggested posts um, and a lot of people are unhappy with that. They want to be able to, if they're going to scroll infinitely, they want to be able to see the people they're following as opposed to, and you know, sometimes it's arbitrary, you know, it, mm -hmm. sometimes I click on that and I, I think, oh, I haven't seen the po those posts, so how could they be older posts? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think that that might be affecting the engagement for Instagram a bit just because, yeah, I mean, this is the age of people wanting to scroll and not have to put in that much thought into what they're looking at, so... It's yeah, I mean, I can recall when something similar happened with Facebook. Yes. And, uh, you know, at one point, Facebook was just a reverse chronological feed of all of your friends and interests posts. And you could go through every single thing in your feed. And that was the default. Um, and then one point and then they changed it. And so they uh, they put in social signals and uh, who you interact with most and all kinds of different things. An algorithm, which people talk about a lot, that um, sees constant tweaking. Mm -hmm. And a similar thing is happening with Instagram. You know, it used to be that you could see the people you follow, and more and more it's some of the people you follow and ads and things that might interest you based on all of the other things that you click on. And, and so it's much less about the things that you are actively curating as your feed and more about what can get your attention that doesn't already have it. Yes. And, you know, TikTok has definitely raised the bar in terms of that. Um, just because, you know, I'm not a hugely a, a TikTok user, but I do know things like 
if you're on TikTok and you know you've been scrolling for an hour like we said and then you just reach a point where you're you're done and then you mm -hmm. exit out of the app depending on the video that you do that on TikTok actually picks up on that and decides to stop showing you videos like that so that's why you know it's mm -hmm. it's just there's such high standards now for how the algorithm works and how apps will pick up on you know your preferences and stuff so absolutely it's a bit scary honestly yeah but, uh, everything is a data point it is everything is a data point we are data uh we, it's a simulation it is everything that could happen has already happened this is now a conspiracy theory this podcast. is now we're talking about the universe and particle physics so yeah okay so we're gonna jump into that now <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well um okay so that's the stage for video uh i think what we discussed was that, you know, the current climate, the TikTokification of social media, how video has become super important um, more than it has in the past. And short form video is kind of the way of the current, not even the future, the way of the now. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's standards for what the video should be, too. It's not just pivot towards videos entirely. It's like you said, they have to be short form, 30 mm -hmm. to 60 seconds being the, the sweet spot, you know. Um, so yeah, there are definitely a lot of factors that go into that. Yeah. But video is not the only thing that's going on in social media. And it's actually great that we're talking about this right now because we're in the throes of it. Something has happened recently. <laughs> yes. In social media. Something big. Something huge. Electric. Yes. Um, we're talking Elon Musk and Twitter. The acquisition of Twitter. I am going to take this moment to say I'm not going to comment directly on Elon Musk's personality or him as an individual. I think that there is a lot of that going on on Twitter or otherwise. Yeah, you can make yourself, you can make your own decisions on yes, that. Yes, yeah, you can fill in the blanks mm -hmm. as we talk about this. Um, but yeah, I thought that we could discuss his journey in acquiring Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. Just because, you know, if you're unaware, uninitiated into this topic, the initial deal that he made to buy Twitter sort of actually it's it's sort of been decided that he was making a lighthearted offer. Maybe wasn't being serious, mm -hmm. uh, but it quickly turned serious because Twitter, you know, they know that he's a billionaire. They was like, know that, um, yeah, OK. Yeah. They know that this is a, <laughs> we're a, having some trouble here. <laughs> a big possibility that Musk could not only purchase it, but that this could go through. Yeah. And if we peel back the layers just a little bit, um, Twitter was one of the big two initial, you know, it was kind of a contemporary with Facebook in how it became popular um, yes. around the same time frame. But it is, Facebook has dwarfed it as a, in company size um, and reach. And Twitter has stayed small and sort of unprofitable in relation to many of its other peers, Facebook, TikTok, other places. And so it was sort of surprising that you know, the the user base can be so vast and it can make it and it could be so attractive to have a potential acquisition. Anyway, yes, that's the that's the stage. That's what I want to say about Twitter. 
I am a, I'm a personal Twitter user. You actually. love Twitter, don't you? I, you know, I have a love hate relationship with Twitter. It gives me all of my my current events I and have news. A, I have a hate hate relationship with Twitter. It is a lawless <laughs> nation over there. I won't lie to you. <laughs> it's the place you go when you want to feel terrible about yourself. I think. Yeah, I can only maybe spend a max of thirty minutes, an hour on it per day, and then I have to get out of it for my mental health. You know what I actually really like Twitter for is finding what finding out what's going on someplace in the now, like. If there is a police car someplace or there a big traffic jam or something like that, you can get on Twitter and pretty reliably understand what's happening. Agreed. I've looked up some pretty specific mm-hmm. topics on there and gotten the answers I wanted. Mm-hmm. So for better or for worse, Twitter yeah. is it's, it exists and it has its place in the social media world. Totally. Um, with that being said, as we all know, Musk did try to back out of this deal and he did run into quite a bit of trouble, uh, monetary trouble regarding contractual obligations. Yeah. He didn't really understand how business deals work. Yes. Uh, hey, we're getting into his personality <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, sorry. Sorry. That's, but it's, but it's true. He <laughs> Maybe a bit of ego got in the way. Yeah. Uh, I will say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yes, now he actually has acquired it. He owns it. Uh, he is claiming to make quite a few changes to the platform. and what? So there's something about the verified accounts and the blue check marks and charging. Is that right? Yes. That's sort of the big uh, news story that's been out mm-hmm. recently. So we all know esteemed author Stephen King. Um, so after Elon Musk came out with this plan, so he wanted to start charging $20 a month for it's sort of a subscription basis for having their blue verified check mark which you know is associated with all kinds of celebrities, businesses, just so you don't you know, accidentally respond to the wrong Adidas, for example. Sure. Um, or get <laughs> fake news, as they say. And Adidas is like, I need $7,000 wired to this account. <laughs> you don't have the blue check mark, Adidas. Yeah, and then it's misspelled slightly, mm-hmm. and you don't even realize. Uh, stuff like that. So as I mentioned, Stephen King pushed back and his tweet has gotten about 400,000 likes, which is pretty big for Twitter. Um, And he essentially said that he refused to pay and thought it was a ridiculous idea. And Musk in a now infamous tweet has responded back bargaining that he pay $8 a month instead. Um, And that has received quite a bit of, uh, how do I say ridicule? (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely an interesting response to somebody making it clear that it's the paying in general that they mm-hmm. think is ridiculous rather than, you know, the amount that they would pay. Yeah. Cutting it by 60% is not going to do anything. Um, it's not the dollars. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's the idea, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, sort of the, I think that that's scraping the surface of what's to come with Twitter changes. Um, you know, another thing that he has talked about is the free speech aspect on Twitter. Again, as someone who uses Twitter personally, I can say confidently, I've never experienced a lack of free speech on Twitter up until this point. It's there in droves. Um, you know, people say and post whatever they want, and almost always it will not get removed. <laughs> That's true. I think, you know, the um, it depends on what your audience is like. If you have a very large audience, the things that you say become under more scrutiny than... Totally. Lots of other everyday people. But the average Joe Schmo who has, you know, weird likes and dislikes can say whatever they want. And uh, yeah, like I said earlier, it's kind of a lawless nation over there. Um, lots of different stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But anyway, with that being said, uh, he has he made it clear about a week ago that he wanted Twitter to be 
you know, full of free speech. There, you know, no, no uh, boundaries to what people can say. Um, and then about a week later, so in this week, he announced that he was going to implement um, some more content moderation. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people sort of consider that him taking a step back and. Well, yeah, I think that's true. I and also I think that. It's easy for you to have, you know, say big, big things before you acquire the big thing. And then you see what the reality of the landscape is and know that things need to be a little bit different. I think that there is a gross miscalculation of this acquisition and that Twitter users don't really want free speech. They want to go someplace where they can have their opinions um, fed back to them. Right. Or someplace where they can go and argue people want to live not in uh quagmire but in paradise <clears throat> that's a great quote if you're trying to create a place of free speech which it also means you can say whatever you want um that creates uh, an environment that is a little bit more tumultuous and generally there are you know the the vast majority of people do not want to live in tumult they want to live in a place, you know, they want to have ease. They want to escape their worries. They don't want to add on to them. Yeah. Some people do. And they, and, but those I think are the minority of folks who go and seek out conflict. Right. Um, actually, speaking of free speech on Twitter, this morning I actually saw on Twitter, mm-hmm. ironically, um, a screenshot of AOC, the Congresswoman from New York. Uh, she essentially had tweeted that her account got bricked or it sort of got mm-hmm. a lot of it got the you know whatever she can do tweet or otherwise got taken away because she said something unsavory about Elon Musk and so a lot of people have been sort of taking that and other mentions of this happening as mm-hmm. a proof that maybe Musk's new Twitter is not as free as people think or that maybe you know stuff against him specifically is not okay which is mm-hmm. you know a bit authoritarian um mm-hmm. he he's sort of deciding putting the gamut on what can be said about him which is a bit hypocritical i will say that yeah i think that's true i also think that the value in twitter is not in its technology because it is not a technologically advanced platform you know you you can say the things but it's not like facebook where you can post any anything you want and there's all these different ways to do it it's not like tiktok where you can post one thing and get a bajillion views it's not like instagram where it's very visually focused it is not as technologically advanced as many other platforms the value is not in the technology the value is in the user base that uses it and that you know that's what we saw when donald trump was banned twitter took a major hit in its value because he was worth so much money to them and um, so this is, I don't know, this is an interesting thing. Twitter. It I, is. I feel like Twitter is not long for this world. Yes. That's funny you say that. Um, just because, as I see um, on Twitter, a lot of users, a lot of users have been threatening to leave just due to the new ownership, whether because they have personal animosity towards Musk himself or just pushback to the changes that he is intending to or is making currently 
So, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty right now in terms of Twitter. And actually, Jack Dorsey, who was the former Twitter founder, mm-hmm. apparently has been moving. He's the current Twitter founder also. You don't you don't stop being the founder. All right. <laughs> you got so me there. So sorry. You got me there. Bazinga. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, jeez, this is what I what I have going on with me at Edge One, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> this is what <laughs> this is what her day is like. Yes, I'm not Megan, so I get mm-hmm. you know quite a bit of sass. <laughs> <laughs> Where is Megan anyway? I know. I actually I've just replaced her. I'm the new. <laughs> have you seen her lately? Yo, no, not at all. She's a figment of your imagination. I think. No, she's still around. She's just doing some other things for a few months. Yes, for our city. It's very exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. Anyway, yes, current and former Twitter founder. I'll say both. (laughs) Jack Dorsey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's been making a new social media platform called Blue Sky, apparently. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot about it, so I won't speak on it. But apparently Twitter users have been talking about migrating over there. So we will see over the next year or so what's going to happen with Twitter. Yeah, I don't know if there will be a mass migration or a mass exodus of users, but I do think that, you know, there are lots of other valuable places to spend time. And there are other platforms that do a better job of curating an experience that you might actually enjoy. And um, Twitter is great for, you know, in the now things, but other things could replace it also, like... Like hyper-local things, um, like Nextdoor or your Ring camera on your doorstep or any number of other things It's true that are kind of in the now that people have been trying to figure out for as long as we've had the technology to do it. Right. And so... There are always apps coming out. Yeah, for sure. Um, just I, like Be Real. Be Real is such a big thing. I am Be Reeling every day. I actually see you in my suggested contacts and I purposefully don't add you because who knows what you're going to see. mostly my cats but still (laughs) anything else we should say about twitter i think i'm all right i don't want to talk about elon musk any more than i need to Uh sorry i had to slip that in there okay well i (laughs) if it's not clear how you feel about elon (laughs) maybe go back and listen again yeah read between the lines as we said (laughs) i uh I, you know, he's a very interesting guy, I think. I think um, so, too. Multifaceted. I love space travel, so I've been kind of following SpaceX for a long time. Right. Like, before his acquisition of SpaceX? <clears throat> well, I I have been... Well, I followed him because he's been a big figure in technology for a long time back... I mean, even before Tesla in PayPal. Right. So, he has always been... Um, you know, a figure that has been doing big things. Right. That's, I won't deny that he is a smart businessman in that sense. I think but he, in other ways... I, well, I think he's a brilliant businessman yes. and a brilliant engineer. Right. Um, and also, you know, the, there are some trade-offs. Right. As with everyone. No yeah. one's perfect. But um, the next thing that I see on your list is something that I that is big in my house right now. I think you should start by talking about what's going on in your household with this. Well, I have to say that um, over the last year, my uh, my son, he's 12, has just been going around the house 
with a mask over his face. And not the COVID mask. <clears throat> not either. a COVID mask. Like a mask over his eyes. He's spending time in a different world, a different reality, or maybe an augmented reality. In that reality, he doesn't have to do chores. Mm-mm. All he has to do is, is defeat bad guys, uh, punch people in the face, go on adventures, uh, interact with friends and NPCs. And um, and so that is something that's going on in my house. He is playing a lot of virtual and augmented reality games and spending a lot of time in those worlds, which is not something that existed when I was growing up. Certainly not. <laughs> um, it was called I, your imagination. Well, that was, that was, that was a little... <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit too emphatic, Erica. <laughs> Certainly not. You're so old. <laughs> okay, I won't use certainly anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll use perhaps not. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, maybe not when you were growing up either. No, we barely had dial-up when I was, whenever eight. Yeah, I know it was it was tough back then. It was. You I know, had to read books. <sighs> I only had two channels of HBO. That's your favorite joke. <laughs> it's a good one. It lands every single time. Hey, I chuckled. And it was sincere as well. <laughs> yes, virtual reality. Um, we don't have to get too deeply into the philosophical side of it. But, you know, the last few years in particular, I think, have sort of jump-started or more so exacerbated the love of VR mm-hmm. and AR because of everything going on. You know, yeah. the world has been a bit smaller than we remember. That's a great point. Yes. The reach that we have. For um, sure. And so, yeah, you know, escapism, I think, has been very prominent since COVID and just, you know, everything. Um, and so... I wonder if Twitter so, might take that note. Twitter might need to borrow from lots of other social media platforms so that they can become the best version of themselves. Because, you know, right now is... They're falling behind. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but yes... Um, that, with that being said, actually, I think that I'm very interested in how AR and VR will, you know, fall into the social media world because, as we know, Meta and the Metaverse mm-hmm. is currently being built up. Um, they just got legs. Well done, Meta. Wow. Yes, they got legs going on. So, you know, they have their sort of... It's actually called Horizon World, uh, I've learned. That's the name of the online virtual reality universe for Meta. And recently, especially in the last several months or year, they've been releasing a lot of new info in terms of its features. Uh, So actually, the most recent update that they had is the ability to record your experiences in VR on Horizon World, and then you upload them as reels on Instagram. Um, You know, it's really cool. It's a a different, it's a change for sure. Uh, However, a lot of people have been sort of pushing back on that because they don't think that Horizon World, you know, for lack of a better word, looks good enough (laughs) to Mm -hmm. be recorded than uploaded Uh, a lot of people think that it's kind of a waste of time until they really build out that world and make it look as realistic or even as unique as possible Mm -hmm. Uh, so we'll see you know the the response to that when it starts to actually be implemented well i think that meta is is doing a lot of research and development publicly and so they're you know they're testing features they're throwing things at the wall and see uh, and they're seeing what sticks. Yeah. I'll actually, I'll give Meta credit for that. The, mm-hmm. the, their transparency in the process is admirable because, they, you know, they're failing in, at bits, but that happens. And we are just privy now to what that yeah. looks like. You know where they're succeeding, though, is uh, putting games in front of 12-year-old boys Yes, at and- my house. 
he's, uh, I think every day he's, my son is coming down and saying, can I get this game? Can I get this game? Can I get this game? You know, when I was a kid, if I wanted a game, I had to save up 50 or $60 and go to the store and buy a physical cart that I then put into my Nintendo entertainment system and, um, press the power button on and saw it blink a few times. Then I'd have to take the card out and blow in it for a second and then put it back in. It's not the same thing. And best of all, you were grateful for that game. I was grateful for that game. <laughs> you would play it for years mm-hmm. because that $60 isn't going to waste. <sighs> Two channels of HBO, Erica. I know. It was a hard life, a hard knock life. Um, but yes, I think, you know, I'm not... I don't personally have children, um, and I Get I'm not out. I know it's crazy, and I also am not aware of the uh, the actions of Jackson entirely. But I'm assuming that a lot of these games are the two, three, five dollar ones that seem like you know not a lot of money at first, and then you realize that you've purchased ten of those in the last month, and that about adds up to your fifty dollar game that you were grateful for. Some of them are like that, so, but you know the the scale of pricing has changed a little bit in online games and oculus and so it's more like twenty dollars here thirty dollars there that kind of thing that's that's way better yeah oh yeah totally (laughs) ten 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 thirty dollar games is (laughs) it's a hard pill to swallow (laughs) a little bit can i get this game and also there's in-app purchases and there's like in-game currencies that's actually what i was gonna bring up Mm -hmm. that's been the biggest factor i think in people I don't want to say wasting money, but, you know, they don't realize how much they're spending because lots of features of games can't be unlocked, mm-hmm. so to speak, until you pay $10 here, $5 here. And yeah. that really, like, that's where it gets you. Get all of these skins for extra V-Bucks or Rob- Robux or, you know, whatever the currency is for the game that you're playing. And... um yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's been a controversial thing ever since people started selling EverQuest uh, loot on eBay about how people pay real-world dollars for bits in made-up worlds. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, you know, it could quickly slide into an addiction or has been for a lot of different people. <laughs> I think we're there. Yeah, I think so, too. Ask me about how many Fortnite uh, crew subscriptions my house has. Will you tell me? I will. How many? Four. I don't know. One how many for that each is. of us. I'm sure that's a decent chunk of cash. <laughs> Fortnite crew. I mean, it's just another one of those things. Is it's uh, each game is is a realm, or each platform is a realm that you have to spend time in, and you have to buy currency to get new things like different skins or outfits or items and um and so we do that in the the games that we have in the the alternate augmented virtual realities that we are a part of right well with that being said perhaps we can talk a bit about augmented reality because along with virtual reality they're kind of going hand in hand uh Augmented reality has really found its place online in particularly ads and online shopping. So Tell me about that. I'm very excited to hear about it. Oh, it's augment- exciting. In 
in shopping in particular. So imagine you're on a website like Wayfair, for instance, you know, a, a furniture site. Oh, now, now you're talking my language. Yes. <laughs> oh, we love Wayfair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you go on there and you have an armchair that you like, but you, you know, it says the dimensions, but you know, you're not really great at measuring. You're not really great at visualizing. So what you can do now with augmented reality is essentially you have your camera open and then it has that object with its correct dimensions overlaid in your camera. So you can sort of depict or imagine wherever you would like it to go and how it'll fit there mm -hmm. and how it'd look. And you can just sort of gauge its dimensions visually rather than with your imagination. Absolutely. Yes. And yeah. I personally think that's a big deal because I love buying furniture. That's an amazing feature, actually. Yeah, I for sure. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I love furniture. I think that that's also been one of my biggest issues. Maybe I just don't have a great imagination, but it's hard for me to visualize how well, things will fit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's so it's so helpful to be able to see it in space. It is. Mm -hmm. So yes, that I think will be making its way into, along with uh, online shopping, like I said, ads, because some ads, you know, they will be uh, advertising certain products and then maybe it'll be able to say, if you want to know how this object will look in your home, click this. And mm -hmm. then, you know, that counts as a conversion technically. And then there actually might be a chance that conversions online will go up potentially because mm -hmm. of that. You know, some people think I want to buy this, but I don't know how it's going to look or I don't know if it's worth it. And so that might make give them that final push, you know, just to see how it looks. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I think that that's actually really cool. That's maybe one of the coolest new features that I think will become uh, more present in 2023, or at least mm -hmm. I hope. They're making a lot of changes. Uh, you know, they're engineering a lot of different stuff. So yeah. the back scenes. <clears throat> yeah. Other things like trying glasses on before you get them or right. jewelry or personal things or, you know, even shoes. You yeah. can see what they look like with different outfits and things. That's a great point. Um, anything, you know, in shopping, you're always mm -hmm. trying to increase what your conversions are. And usually it happens incrementally. There's not usually something you, you can do as a as an incremental step that will substantially increase your conversion rate overnight right you know it's just a gradual thing but each of these personalization uh, tactics that you employ really can help incrementally improve that over time so that if you continue to implement these things um and you look at your analytics and your sales from january to say November, like we are now, you could see a consistent rise in what your conversion rate is over yeah. that time period. Yeah. I think like you mentioned, just like the personalization of online just mm -hmm. platforms mm -hmm. is becoming ultra personalization in yeah. the next couple of years. Um, and uh, with that, actually Snapchat, uh, remember that. Oh, what? <laughs> Anyone remember Snapchat? <laughs> It actually don't is. Don't ask the Kardashians about Snapchat. Does anybody even use that anymore? Uh, actually, you'll be surprised. Uh, Snapchat is not only still used, although it's fallen behind a lot, mm -hmm. behind you know Instagram, Meta, all of that, but it has been busy behind the scenes, and it has been busy in terms of augmented reality glasses. So it is actually yeah. one of the three big companies that are currently trying that out, along with Apple and Meta. You know, so there's a, those are the big dogs. So mm -hmm. Snapchat's. Mm -hmm. I'll, what about I'll Google Glass? Google Glass is still in production. We will see what happens. <laughs> Supposedly, only these big three are actually making moves sure. right now. Sure. Uh, yeah, Google, catch up. 
So Snapchat's brand is called Spectacles. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like like glasses. Get out of town. I think I've said that to you seven times this podcast. I know. I just say such ridiculous Leave town, Erica. Leave town. <laughs> See you, Tigard. <laughs> <laughs> the Portland metro area is tired of this mm-hmm. face. <laughs> <laughs> and me being in pajamas at Target. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Spectacles began development in 2016. Uh, Snapchat has been really tight-lipped, apparently, but the fact that we are hearing more about it now might mean something in terms of when they might release it. Mm-hmm. I can't confidently say when, but maybe in the next couple of years. So... Um, Along with that, Meta also is coming out with their own brand, like I said, of AR glasses. But in the meantime, they've actually partnered with Ray-Ban on what's called the Ray-Ban Stories line. Yeah, I've seen So that. those are not exactly AR glasses, but they are called mm-hmm. smart sunglasses in which they essentially come with a camera and microphone pre-installed. And you can, you know, like I've actually thought sometimes, I wish I could take pictures with my eyes because mm-hmm. some moments it's just, I can't capture it. My hands aren't fast enough to take my sure. phone out. So this, these types of glasses will essentially alleviate that issue for mm-hmm. people like me. Um, not to say that I can buy them. Maybe if I get a raise from Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> you want to negotiate that on yeah, the podcast? Yeah. On the podcast, please. <laughs> where, where you can't deny anything. <laughs> Turn me down. Um, but yeah, I think that that's actually really cool, at least until AR glasses will be coming out. Um, you know, they're sort of the simplistic version, although it's a really big difference compared to, you know, 20 years ago sunglasses. Smart sure. sunglasses in general are a big change. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so you get to essentially take videos or pictures uh, or stream sort of through your glasses mm-hmm. and you can upload those videos and pictures of stories, Instagram posts, anything like that. But yeah, so I think that that's a really cool change. I think that AR and VR is, out of the three points, probably the thing I'm most excited about, change-wise. It is um, It is an exciting thing, you know, and it has a big potential to change what our everyday life experience could be like, right. you know, if we do more and more things in a virtual reality instead of a our actual reality. Uh, That's what AR is going to start standing for, actual reality. Actual reality. <laughs> Act up. N- never mind. Um so I think I it's it is an exciting thing and you know it also has these kind of scary implications from science fiction about how you people get caught up in virtual and augmented worlds and right. forget to live in the world that they you know all actually exist in. And you know just this kind of conversation is having is leading me towards an existential crisis. Yeah, I won't deny that. Mm-hmm. I feel a bit similarly. I think yeah. I can think. I think it's simultaneously exciting and terrifying. Yeah, as with most new things. Well, absolutely, it has such potential to do great things and such potential to go completely wrong. Yes. And I mean, we're not talking about this right now, but mm-hmm. deep fakes. If you guys don't know what that is, you are overlaying a real person's face over anyone who can be recording a video, and it absolutely. looks like that person mm-hmm. is making the video. That is that is really kind of terrifying it is and mm-hmm. people like so bruce willis the actor recently yeah. sold the rights to his deep fakes which i thought was a terrible idea on <laughs> bruce willis's part because now that is paving the way for other people to do mm-hmm. that and i just oh geez you know what are we even doing are we even real people anymore i can be bruce willis if i choose i would like to be bruce willis sometimes well now you can be mm-hmm. luckily <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, I've, I've wanted Bruce Willis to be my manager for a while, so mm, it works out. Maybe he could negotiate this race. Yeah. He would be a little scarier, actually, if we to talk to him. <laughs> well, um, so just to circle back on one of the things, you just talked about Snapchat as um, as a platform that's kind of fallen behind but has done a really great job of innovating features over the years. You know, Instagram stories are kind of stolen from Snapchat. And they're, yeah, it's true. And Filters as well. Filters, absolutely. F- filters you can thank Snapchat for. Mm-hmm. They really pioneered that as an augmented reality piece. Yes. And um, and so they're great at innovating features, and I'm kind of excited to see what they come up with. And also, you know, one thing that we didn't talk about as a business, what augmented reality can do for you is is like geographic location kinds of applications. Like a few years ago when Pokemon Go was a huge um, was a huge app, and it still is a huge app, objectively. It's just not all the rage like it was. Right. But having a Pokestop near your location was an incredible way to gain foot traffic. It was. And you couldn't exactly acquire a Pokestop, but if you had one, you could advertise it. And you get 30 people hanging out shooting Pokeballs at Pokemon, trying to capture them. And, and, you know, that kind of thing can be a big deal. And more and more as we get application or geographic location specific type of AR apps, those things can be an interesting business play. I agree. You stole a question I had for you. Oh, goodness. Oh, hey, it is that time, isn't it? It might be. Well, not anymore for me. <laughs> Ask Megan and Nicholas. That is the segment. Ask that, Erica and Nicholas. Well, you with special guest. Yes. Erica. <laughs> Minus Megan. Yeah. It's a math problem now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the null set. I don't know. So um, this is the part where I ask you a question that you don't know ahead of time. Yes. And you ask me a question that I don't know ahead of time. Yes. And so um, since I've stolen your question, I'll go first and I'll ask you. Okay. If you were um, just a, a local business starting out in 2023, what would be your primary marketing focus? What would be like the one thing that you would um, think is important above all other things? If you could do one thing only, what would it be? Well, this don't take this the wrong way. I hate saying this about myself, but I would focus on becoming a master at TikTok. That is the place to be, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I do not use TikTok in my free time. It, I'm a reader, not a watcher. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a difference there, right? I like to go and read stuff um, and not watch stuff. I don't know why, but... Yeah. With that being said, I know. So you said that there is very little chance for the trajectory, trajectory, excuse me, of your conversions or purchases to be going up suddenly. It's an incremental mm-hmm. thing. I disagree purely because of TikTok. So there are certain products like um, the infamous pink sauce. If you guys have heard of that, mm-hmm. it's a long story. But it was a woman who's tr- just had a sauce that she made pink with dragon fruit extract, and then it became all the rage. And suddenly, tens of thousands were being purchased from her overnight. 
Um, something like that, where, you know, depending on what my service or product is, I think that becoming a master at TikTok would be the best way for you to jumpstart your company. Because if it doesn't seem legit, then showing your face, having, you know, certain parts of your product or service uh, being explained through your face, mm -hmm. <laughs> through your voice, that's really important. Um, that's that's why Instagram Lives and Reels for companies and, you know, advertising, marketing businesses have become so important because for whatever reason, people want to see your face and they trust you more by seeing your face and seeing you move in a video, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so honestly, I would go to TikTok. That's the place to be. I, well, that's great insight. I think that's true. And I also think that, you know, th those those gigantic viral stories can be the exception to the rule. But if you did go to TikTok, it could be the one. It could be one of the things that helps jumpstart you into a successful business. The biggest obstacle to new businesses who start are acquiring customers. Yes, there are lots of other things that business owners have difficulty with. You know, budgets, profitability, how to spend your money. You know, all kinds of things. But mostly, businesses fail in the first year because they don't have a plan to acquire customers and TikTok is a great way to get attention fast and to get your product out in front of folks and so if you want to take a big swing that's where you take it i agree i think that TikTok is you know for now the place to be so mm -hmm. you got to ride the wave while you can right yeah so uh after this i'd like to have our TikTok meeting where we discuss our strategy oh geez <laughs> that's that's how you get me <laughs> Have me say over over a microphone, I will make TikToks. And that's a legally binding contract. You just said it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I will make TikToks. I'll make TikToks. I will TikTok. I, I In a defeated, resigned tone. I'll make TikToks. <laughs> I think making TikToks and reels are kind of fun. Um, they're a fun way to be creative about your brand or your business or even your personal life. Yeah. I agree. I have to agree. You you don't have to. You can be like, no, that's terrible. This is the worst. You can't thing. see, but Nicholas is making a cutting at his throat motion. <laughs> stop it! Stop it! I'm having the dad eyes right now. Yeah, they're very intense. <laughs> I feel forced to say things. <laughs> All right, so that was a great answer to my question. Now it's your turn to ask me a question. All right. So my initial question was about AR and VR, but mm -hmm. you covered that. So I will ask a different question. With your knowledge of social media, mm -hmm. what platform or smallish platform now do you think will be the, the next big thing next year? Oh, the next big thing next year. And you don't have to think about apps and platforms that don't exist yet, by the way. Mm -hmm. I'll give you that. Well, um, I, I don't know if there's one that's small that has the potential to get big like TikTok did. I mean, it has to have a feature that is easily adoptable and um, helps pe get people's attention. Right. And, you know, the, the one place I've been spending some time recently is called Be Real. And I don't really think that's it. You know, like it's be real. Um, for those who don't know, is a, a platform where you get a prompt at some point during the day um, to say you have two minutes to record whatever you're doing right now, and so it's just kind of a snapshot. I don't, uh, I don't 
I don't think that's it. <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from. I just so you know, mm -hmm. uh, lots of the bigger mm -hmm. apps like Instagram uh, and Snapchat mm -hmm. have stolen Be Real's yeah. uh, idea. And so technically, with that being said, maybe that is the big thing, but it's it's not, unfortunately, itself becoming big. It's just its idea has gotten big. Yeah, I I don't think that, like, I don't think Be Real is really an app. It's a feature. Right. And... <laughs> Um, and I don't really think it's all that compelling. It's kind of a fun feature, sort of, but it's, unique, uh, it's, sure. it's hard to get wide adoption because, you know, you only do it once a day and it's just a little snapshot. You can't spend all day looking through other people's little two minute windows. There is the discovery option, but mm. I don't know how that really works because. So, um, so I told you what I don't think it is. I don't know that I have an idea. I sort of think that there's going to be some kind of crossover between what has become short form video and um, virtual worlds. And, you Agreed. know, if there's a way to make that easy, um, that platform will be really successful. And, and, you know, all these things need content. There's been a, a, uh, influx of like streamers and content and and it's so much easier to make content now than it ever has been <clears throat> in any point in history because everybody has a camera on their phone and everybody has a way to record whatever is happening in their life right at that moment and um, yeah and I lament that there are not really any safeguards in place to get, <laughs> you know, from the phone onto the internet so everybody could have an opinion. I th used to think that was the ideal, and now I kind of miss having editors in the world. <laughs> oh, when I was growing up, I was like, yes, everybody, everybody has access. It's amazing, and it is. It's true. Like, there aren't um, these economic barriers to finding an audience, and that is kind of an amazing thing. But uh, the consequence of that is that it is difficult to sometimes tell what is important and what isn't, what is true and what isn't. I agree. So that doesn't really answer your question, but I don't really have an app that I think is that I'm looking at right now and thinking that's the next big thing. I think, you know, TikTok is the thing that's innovating right now. Right. And if I were to hitch my wagon to anything, it'd be some kind of feature that it employs right. to... And you know, do something there or Meta because it's like the, it's like the, the grown up in the room of all the social channels. Yeah. It's the most established. It's the old, um, establishment. Yeah. You know, and uh, they may not innovate, but they really know how to get eyeballs. And yeah. they're spending all this money, famously spending all of this money on, on um, creating the metaverse, and. I, if I were to bet on any company to do it, it would be them. Yeah, I agree. I also, I think you're right. TikTok will probably adopt their own form of VR, like mm -hmm. a VR world, and then it'll explode, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, good answer. <laughs> Thanks. Well, this was a great episode. It took us uh, right around an hour. Yeah. We love to talk. <laughs> I guess we do. Anything else we should talk about before we go? It's been a pleasure having me. <laughs> well, you're welcome.
Yes, thank you. All right. (laughs) Well, we'll see you next time on another exciting episode of the Refreshing Edge podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Share it with a friend. Follow us on the socials. At Edge One Media. At This Is Nicholas DeSalvo. Or at Megan DeSalvo. 